0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hardcore Finance Show with Alex and Shimon. Uh, Alex, how are you doing this wonderful uh, Sunday evening?
1: Hello, hello, hello. Um, I'm, doing, I'm doing quite well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well, pretty well, uh, despite the situation in the markets, uh, which is what I'm excited to talk to you about. Our previous episode spoke about a bloodbath, uh, yeah. and uh, the bloodbath continues what uh what are your thoughts
1: my thoughts are you told me that we we're going to talk about this before we talked so i brought a uh i'm excited for this i brought handy dandy popcorn which is actually a croissant <coughs> i brought a, a drink here so i'm uh looking forward to yeah just enjoying the show yeah so um i'm ready to go i think was an article i forgot which financial publication burry, michael burry pointed to it michael burry obviously of the uh big short fame short the real estate market in
0: 2008
1: <clears throat> where basically he says that because the inflation numbers came in so much hotter than expectations i mean essentially the market's completely jittery and that even though core is lower but higher than expectations <clears throat> Uh, and he makes the argument basically that that look, oil energy is outside of core, but it's in everything. He uses the example of your souls of your Nikes, is oil. Mm-hmm. It's petroleum, uh, which is true. So if energy prices spike, everything is going to spike. And that the mortgage-backed securities essentially lost the bid, what no bid on Friday, which just nobody's buying mortgage-backed securities, which is literally what collapsed the market mm-hmm. in 2008. But the Fed could drastically cut rates. Maybe you'll show me those, those charts. But unless they basically go back and start cutting rates <clears throat> from this level, they're kind of just screwing the market here. And so it, it's not getting pretty. I mean, all the, the theses that we have in the long run will play out. They they have to. It's just that the long run becomes longer and longer. I thought this would Q4 of this year, Q3, Q4 would recover. Now it's, I mean, the inflation has to go down because if it's not going to go down, the Fed is just, it's going to be nasty. Even for companies that I love like the Microsoft, like things don't change for them. They're still growing fast, but things are going to get really bad. What are you thinking?
0: Um, I mean, I do, it's hard for me to predict in the short term of like, have we bottomed out yes or no? Um, and I prepared some charts, but I completely agree with you with the inflation is much, much stronger than than expected. And I think what happened is, you know, with COVID, we spoke about this in previous episodes, like, when someone is, let's say, sick, uh, let's say, with the flu, uh, you can either stay home for three days, lose three days of productivity. Uh, let, let's say you're an independent, you know, whatever, you're an independent trucker, and you just, like, get paid to drive the, your truck, you can either lose three days or four days of, of work, uh, but then you're back to normal. Mm-hmm. Or you can start popping Tylenol and driving, you know, while you're sick, and then, you uh, at some point, we don't know when, you know, you'll have to stay home for longer than three days because like your body wants you to rest and you're not resting. So I think that's exactly what happened with the economy. Uh, The only thing that they didn't predict is the war in Ukraine. So this COVID hit, all the governments all over the world printed a lot of money and they were like, look, it's, it's okay. Like it's better than the alternative, right? So it's like saying I'll take the Tylenol and drive my truck because it's better than staying home and losing on three days of, of, um, not earning money and now we're kind of paying the price and you're right the the problem was that the war in ukraine had an extra impact on energy and energies and everything not only the soles of your shoes but like food you need energy to grow you need energy to transport things from place to place uh you know you need energy to build homes like it's it's literally the, the basis of everything and uh yeah so they're in a really tough spot because like um I don't know if we took this course together, but basically uh, the academic view is what drives inflation is not money printing. It's actually inflation expectations. So if people expect inflation to come... Uh, that's kind of true, though. That's kind of the academic view. So like, if you had printed a bunch of money and then people would not expect inflation, uh, inflation wouldn't come. And I think the Fed is really worried now that you know a couple more of these prints are higher than expected and people are going to start changing their behavior big time. And um, yeah, that's going to be a problem because then inflation will kind of get out of control. So I think personally that in the short term, they have to get inflation you know, down. Uh, but for the midterms, they're going to start relaxing. They're going to start printing more money. And also I heard an analyst that was very uh, uh, good who said that statistically, uh, a president a democratic president with a republican uh, senate and congress is very very good for the stock market like all the previous times where you had like a democratic president and a republican congress stock market did well um, i don't know he i mean he didn't get into the explanation we can speculate but that's just the fact i think it comes from the fact that it's really hard to spend money in in that scenario because like any audacious proposal to spend a lot of money will be blocked by the uh by the house,
1: but why not the other way? Republican president, they can veto. I don't
0: know. I you could have the same. I don't know what causes it. That's just a fact. So I think uh, that everything will improve much. Uh, you know, we'll go back to normal um, after the midterm elections, uh, which are in November, uh, end of the year. And also, I think that that is supported by if we look at what happened in twenty eighteen. Uh, both to crypto and to the stock market, which is a very good analog uh, to what is happening now, um, in the sense that,
1: well, except we didn't have inflation then, we have inflation now. So that's the, yeah. that's a major change. And we have a Fed that was quite, a, you know, was was doing QE and loose, uh, relaxing interest rates. Now we have a Fed that's doing QT and tightening because they have to. In 2018 I mean, this they is, also tighten. It's it's a difficult situation.
0: Yeah, in twenty eighteen they also.
1: No, they were tight. And they started tightening.
0: Yeah, and that's what like History. crashed. That's what crashed the the market. So I can I can show you the the chart of the money supply, but it's very clear that they they basically started uh, stopped the expansion of the money supply, and that's what really crashed the markets. Um, but you're right. Back then there wasn't inflation, so they could reverse. Uh, my claim is that hopefully the war in Ukraine will end by then. <clears throat> And that will be very, very deflationary uh, if the war ends. Because for sure, only, I don't think it's going
1: to end. I'm, I'm yeah. getting pessimistic about
0: that. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is going to happen?
1: What do you mean? What do I think is going to happen if, after the war? Think it's, no,
0: if you don't think it's going to end, like how, how long do you think uh, will it continue?
1: You know, I think that the best thing that can happen is for the West to, this is just a frustrating part. Like, the U.S. is stalling on certain things, mm-hmm. and so is Germany. Unless Ukraine pushes the Russians out, like, they truly push the Russians out, there is no stopping this. This will, this will become a stalemate for years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I'm worried about. Because Putin is not going to, he either needs to be defeated at this point. Because if he gets just gets the Donbass, he's not going to stop. He's going to want more. He's going to smell blood. This is what they're, they're trying to do now. And Ukraine won't give that up. There'll be guerrilla warfare. And then when there's a guerrilla warfare, and Putin is going to, again, lose face, so to speak, right? He's going to keep. It, it'll just. It won't stop. And that's my worry. Well, like, what happens if this goes on for two, five years? What happens if the Ukraine goes on for two, five years? I mean, this is going to be. Uh, well hopefully in two or five years we can get our energy stuff you know back together like our supply chain mm-hmm. back in order we can there's you know biden's going to saudi arabia to put you know the murder <laughs> behind and uh because we need them to open up oil mm-hmm. hopefully europe gets off our russian gas and actually installs nuclear if we actually put nuclear is not fast it's not gonna out.
0: happen i don't know how many years that's this, that's not i mean i
1: that's
0: no? Yeah. Um yeah, that's a big problem. I just really hope that the war will end because like I think the there there's just a limit to what mm-hmm. they can achieve. And so at some point it becomes self defeating. Just like, you know, the US theoretically could conquer all of Vietnam, but you know, they didn't because it was just too much for them. Not because they couldn't.
1: Yeah, but it took ten years or thirteen years. Yeah, no, it's
0: it's ten you know. I I'm, I'm, I'm that's that's the big rub um but you know I think that overall the you know humanity keeps improving so we can talk about the stock market and we can talk about like bitcoin um those two things
1: uh yeah let's do it show me the charts you wanted to show me. yeah
0: i prepared some some charts just to, um, to help our viewers and i'll try to also describe them for people who are listening to us as a podcast uh, so let's see here. So first of all, this is the NASDAQ. Um, as we can see, since 2010, pretty much, uh, it's, it's been going up in a very steady line. And I charted the bottom here. Uh, I charted two things. One is the, just like a trend line. And then the other one is the moving average of 40 months, which is the blue line that basically we never closed below that line. And so our, the current level of the NASDAQ is ra- hitting both the trend line and that blue line. We haven't completely hit it yet, but that's what lets me think that maybe we will bottom pretty close to where we are. Uh, so the blue line currently is at around 278 for the QQQ, and our, the current price is 282. So we're, very, we're pretty close. Uh, but the interesting thing to note here is the periods where you touch this line is very much uh, coincides with monetary tightening. So this period here from uh, August 2018, when we had an all-time high, to the bottom uh, in January 2019, it was a pretty big drop. Um, If we measure it here, it's like something like... Let's see. I don't know how to chart. But anyway, it's it's from 186... From 186 to 151, right? So it was a pretty big drop. So this is the money supply. So you see here in, in 18, so it was going up, up, up. In August, they started to flatten it. And this is when the stock market really crashed. So then uh, they continued, right? And if I extend this to now, uh, you can totally see that it's the same, right? Like January, it was going up until like, you know, February... March was still going up. And then April is the first time where we went down in money supply. So it doesn't surprise me that the markets crashed. Those are my two takeaways. One, we're not violating a long-term trend. Two, the markets are crashing because of the money supply uh, being shrunk. The interest rates are higher. So people prefer to like leave their money in US dollars versus stocks or Bitcoin. And also like they discount the cash flows at a higher rate um and yeah it's so it all hinges on the fact of of will they continue tightening or not and uh i really just think that they cannot continue tightening for very long so inflation is a problem but you know what else is a problem not being able to pay social security you know what i mean not being able to pay for medicare and medicaid which which is what will happen if they increase interest rates to like 20 percent like paul volcker did so i don't think they have the ability to increase by a lot over a long period of time. They, they can increase in the short term, um, so that's kind of my optimistic view. I listened to a Kathy Wood uh, take about inventories building up, but I think that's a little bit too tactical. Uh, I just think on the long term here. This is the this is the Bitcoin chart. You can see that it went down eighty percent in twenty eighteen. Uh, last time they tightened, and currently we're down something like sixty five percent. Uh, so we still have ways to go, but again, this blue, this uh, blue line here is the 44 month moving average, which we have never closed below and we're getting pretty close. So my TLDR is we're close to bottoming out. I don't know exactly when it will happen. And I expect everything to uh, get much better towards the midterms because that will be when they will reverse the monetary policy. And, um, yeah, that's, that's my take on it. But what, what do you think?
1: I don't think they're gonna <clears throat> reverse the monetary policy before the midterms. There's, I think there's, there is no way Biden can go into the midterms getting, you know, eight and a half percent inflation prints. If anything, I expect the Fed to go like just, to, they're not. I don't think they're gonna do it because Powell's been trying to telegraph what he's gonna do: fifty, 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 and so on. I, I think they, should, they would do like hundred basis points, emergency meeting. I think they need to signal and then, and then that actually will be bad because they'll, they'll overdo it because they can't, you can only decrease demand so much. A lot of it is supply problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, we printed money. It's like we are where we Mm -hmm. are. Now part of it is supply problems, Mm -hmm. right? Part of it is the, like, decreasing demand won't decrease the amount of money we printed, you know? Uh, And, and decreasing and by the way, there's a great chart about uh, the um, uh, velocity of money. And it's been falling. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much kind of rock bottom. There's not a lot of velocity. So it's not like you can reduce demand to reduce the velocity to have people mm-hmm. hoard cash, so to speak. But you can only do that so far. And you can't do anything about supply. So they really push on demand. I don't know how much of it moves, right? It doesn't move exactly fifty percent. It's like fifty percent demand, fifty percent the supply. There's just the printed money, so then the whole thing is much higher. So you can you like that demand lever is not as powerful as it was before because they printed so much money. And so if you to overcompensate for you know for for the supply which they can't fix, that's a political thing, and Biden is you know. Saudi Arabia is saying they'll print more oil, but I think it's like a third of what's actually needed to compensate for the Russian lost oil for Europe, or half. I forgot how many barrels a day. I think they need like 1.1 million. These guys are going to increase by 500,000, something like that. There's, I don't remember exactly, but the point is that it doesn't compensate for the loss, right, and the increased demand from China if China opens up. like, So that's... We're not doing anything on the supply side, you're going to crash demand. If you crash demand, you crash the markets hard. I mean, it could be a hard recession. So that's, I mean, it's not pleasant. But I think this is, they can't, because it's a midterm year, I'm afraid they're going to overdo it because of the midterms. Because, because why do you is
0: think, it's, so let me push back on the overdoing it because it's the midterms thing. Like, inflation is a problem, but so is like a huge recession with huge unemployment. So, what right. happens is currently we're not seeing unemployment yet. Because like p- people, I'm, I'm looking at restaurants here in, in DC, everything has signs, help wanted, help wanted, because people are really eager to do all the things they didn't do uh, during COVID, right? So th- there's pent up demand. I heard my friend has a, um, has a Airbnb that he, uh, you know, it's like thousands of dollars per night, like super ultra fancy. And he's in, in, next to San Francisco. And, and he says, like, he's seeing a lot less bookings because people are now actually going abroad. Like, you know, during COVID, people were traveling domestically. <clears throat> now they're traveling abroad because they haven't been abroad for two uh, years. So I don't know. It's, it's a very fine balancing act, but I just like to zoom out. And I, I can, they cannot increase interest rates and keep them up at 130% of, of debt to GDP. I really don't think you can increase interest rates, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, and, and keep them there. I think they're just trying to signal to the market now. Now, the other good news, there's two, uh, two hope, uh, inducing news. One is that the core inflation has gone down two months in a row already. So for those of you who don't know, core inflation is basically if you exclude energy, uh, and you and food. food. So why is that important? Because like, CPI is one thing, but like it's a it's a little bit of a lagging indicator because uh, like it takes time for the prices to adjust. But like if you remove energy, which spiked now because of the war, uh, it gives you more of the you know inventories and how much stuff is actually being produced. So that's good news. And another piece of good news, which is very painful, but I think it's it's true, is like we have to have bad companies go bankrupt and release those. Resources to be reinvested in good companies, and that is also for crypto. Like I was very nervous when Bitcoin was hitting an all-time high, when all these other projects uh, were just like getting crazy valuations uh, without any kind of, you know, fundamental uh, basis. And also, like in tech, you know, startups were getting crazy high valuations just based on an idea. So you could say that this is capital that's like misallocated. And so now it forces people to allocate the capital better. Mm-hmm. And then on the long term, it will help the growth. But that, that's kind of my chart, which is like, you, we will bounce off this bottom, but, you know, we first have to hit, first have to hit it. Wonderful of companies will go bankrupt um, and then, then everything will be better. Uh, not to talk about the fact that like all these commodities, uh, I'm not worried about commodity prices long term. Because like we can we can invent ways yeah. to, it's just a matter of.
1: No, look, of course, long right. term this isn't a problem. Yeah. It's 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 just like even the seventies, Volcker increasing interest rates to twenty, long enough term it's not a problem. But the the point is that some people don't have twenty years to wait. You know, waiting twenty years of someone's life is. Well, let's say a significant—that's a huge amount of time. Let's say it's twenty. Even let's say it's five. Waiting five, six years from now for something to recover to back to where it was, right, and, and crashed in five months—that's it's a bit of a bit of a kick in the gut. Yeah. And I mean, look, the, the <clears throat> long term, there's not going to be for many reasons. It's not like the market is going to keep on trending down for decades. That's just not going to happen. It's like human productivity. Even when it falls, that's why I guess it falls fast, right? They say, you know, take the stairs to the top, take an elevator, you know, <clears throat> to the bottom. <clears throat> Otherwise, it would be terrible. If, if you're just losing productivity over 30, 40, 50 years.
0: Yeah, and that, that's not going to happen. That's the problem with the war in Ukraine, which is like it's a huge productivity loss. Like, think of all these people, instead of like producing things, they're just like shooting at each other. It's It's terrible.
1: And killing each other to reduce the number of people who can produce. Yeah,
0: no, it's, it's very bad.
1: I mean, at a very, outside of the human life tragedy, we're, I'm Ukrainian, like we were very partial to this. We're just being very, very kind of purely capitalistic here in terms of the macro view. So,
0: yeah. Um, no either, or, view. It's either or, it's bad in both directions. It's not like it's bad for the people, yeah. but good for the economy. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so what, So when do you think you're saying by the midterms it won't recover? What's your prediction about like when will we kind of start recovering?
1: I mean, <clears throat> the war has to come to some sort of – the war is, is going to be – the longer it drags on, you know, I don't, don't want to believe that it's going to drag on more than another year. But I think, you know, it has to get to a place where, where – like I think you said earlier, it's just not sustainable – for, for Putin anymore. It's just like the, the economy has to crash. How long do they have in reserves? So, you know, like the, the ruble went up against the dollar a lot. I think it's just because it's a very illiquid market I think people misunderstand. Yeah. That markets,
0: no, and also they're backed by commodities. So when the commodities go up, it doesn't surprise me actually that the ruble went up because basically a, a foreign currency, I used to work in forex, a foreign currency is basically a claim on the productivity of that country and the output of that country. And so... Yeah, like oil prices are higher. So Russia is actually making more money now than it was making before.
1: No, not nominally. It just feels like it. I don't that, no. like they're selling less. In
0: relation to. No, they're not selling less. Uh, they're selling they a little selling bit more. less oil, but at a much higher price. So that's. Great. No,
1: no, they're selling a lot less oil. They're saying, we can look this up. They're, yeah, look this up. They're selling a considerable amount less oil. At a higher price. Their economy, was, their GDP is going to shrink by 15% this year.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about the economy. I'm just talking about the oil. So here it says uh, Russian oil sales have gone up, not down after massive sanctions from the West. It's a Business Insider article from April 13th. Um,
1: is that by, by revenue? or is that by, by revenue. Quantity?
0: Russia is making more money from its oil and gas trade. So, you know that's uh they have, and
1: maybe have India wrong.
0: and china and soaring prices so my point is it doesn't surprise me that the russian ruble is uh, strengthening but uh yeah i mean i i really they're just agents mm-hmm. of chaos it's so sad that instead of like building a good you know good lifestyle for their people they're just like destroying lifestyle for everybody else. It's its very sad. But again, I think that commodities, it's a problem that has been solved. Like oil is a problem that has been solved. It's just a matter of like reconfiguring the whole supply chain, which takes a very long time, right? It's not easy to reopen the fracking.
1: What do you mean? How are you going to... We have it? fracking. We
0: have, we have mm-hmm. you know, d- different ways to liquefy the gas and send it over. But I mean, those things take time. And um, yeah, we'll see.
1: But that's just for electricity, right? You need oil as a as a raw input for other things. Yeah. For any kind of chemicals and so on.
0: I so also spur innovation in the long term in the sense that Europe will try to be less dependent on Russia. And then that when it comes online or when it starts being priced in, uh, even if it's like takes ten years. But once they start building the projects, right, I hope the markets will price in the extra productivity. So yeah, hopefully that's my hope. But my biggest, uh, my biggest point of hope is that we haven't crossed the line. Um, we haven't broken the line on neither Bitcoin nor the NASDAQ. And that's, uh, that's what kind of makes me.
1: What's the big, what's your Bitcoin line at 22?
0: Uh, the Bitcoin line that we haven't crossed. It is, it's never closed. about 23,000. thousand. Twenty. <laughs> So we're getting close. Uh, and also the Nasdaq, right? It's getting very, very close to that line. I mean, at the end of the day, Bitcoin, nobody knows because it's purely reflexive uh, price discovery. But like the Nasdaq, I'm pretty sure that you know it's companies that are actually making stuff. And so you know, there there isn't going to be less demand for you know Microsoft Office. Like it's it's
1: people. Yeah, but the thing is, in the short term, it's it's a very <clears throat> it's a very technical breakdown.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah, it's not. Nobody's looking at the. It's great companies being just obliterated just because.
0: Well, not necessarily obliterated. Like I don't see great companies producing less stuff in tech. It's more like. I know, but I'm saying by stock prices. Being obliterated. Yeah, their their valuations are shrinking. But again, the valuation has the interest rate there, and it has like uh, the, the the whole demand. Like to your point, like yeah, companies now are going to start cutting on their tech expenses, right? So, yeah, we'll see. What uh, do, would you like to summarize this turbulent time yeah. for our listeners?
1: Well, when it, we don't, we're not sure when it's going to end, but the question is, I guess the question is just the timeline. You know, interest rates aren't going up. The war in Ukraine is going to be a major, major factor. And um, you, you just need to hope that there's an end to it. I think the, the sooner the governments can support Defeat of Russia, the better, because they're not going to stop otherwise. And well, there we uh, we go. You know, you defeat Russia and just say we'll still buy your oil. You just chill, and we'll relieve sanctions. Right? mm -hmm. We'll see if he goes for that.
0: All right, my man. Well, with that, in that optimistic uh, note, I hope everybody has a good week. uh, Week ahead, and uh, like us uh, subscribe to our podcast and uh, that that's the best thing you can do for us. Just like if you like wherever you listen to the podcast, uh, we get more views because of that. So thank you in advance.